That's right, you're back again with something like that. Hey, it's Nav here down here, and uh, today's podcast is all about hip and hop, or rather hip-hop, rap, whatever you want to call it. I finally get um, got the chance to have him on the show. Usually he's on, always on the other side of the microphone asking the questions the last time I met him, and this time I get a chance to ask questions to this particular gentleman who's been uh, in the scene for a very, very long time. You might have heard a couple of his hits, uh, which we'll be mentioning in a bit from now. Vandil, my man, how are you doing, dude? Yo, what's up, Nav? How's it good going, brother? Yeah, it's doing good. You know, I just noticed something. We have almost a similar background. It's like mm. they're doing this the same apartments or condo or whatever. Yeah, man, the white wall. Just, yeah, the white wall. It's just like, okay, fine. It looks like my neighbors are here. <laughs> Yeah. You've been busy, dude. You've been busy lately for the past couple of months. A couple of singles been out. And uh, uh, let me congratulate you on the new hairdo. Thank you. Working on yeah. it. Yeah, man. First time <laughs> I've ever seen your hair grow that long, dude. It's know, always bro. been short or bald, but this time, why? I mean, is it because of the barber or you intend to keep it longer? No, you know, um, even before like the whole uh, corona thing happened, um, I was... Like just feeling like I wanted to to switch things up, and um, you know, I thought, okay, let me just grow it and see what happens. And um, and then I set my mind to it, and I was like, all right, let's make it happen. And um, yeah, that's what it's been doing, and and it's kind of gone out of the uh, the sort of funny phase, you know, like that initial phase where it's just kind of yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah, uh, like porcupine, and and I've I've kind of come to terms with the Einstein look like if I let it if I let it fly free you're gonna see some some Einstein action happening <laughs> well it, it is it's it's kind of nice on you it is I'm, I'm surprised because I could never I never would imagine that I would see you with this at this length but uh, so far so good let's see how far can that go man well, anyway, 20, years, 20 years ago I did have it long I had it uh, you know probably down to there yeah, but uh, hardly uh, anyone over here had the chance oh, to actually yeah. see you in person with that hairdo, right? Yeah. So at least now, now you never know. In the next 20 years, maybe you might see another long uh, hairdo. <laughs> if I grew my hair for 20 years, oh my God, it's going to be super long. <laughs> uh, that'd be cool, man. That'd be absolutely cool. And uh, first, let me congratulate you on your brand new single, OK Boomer. Yo, thank nice you very track, much. Dude. Appreciate it. Uh, Shout out to DJ Lethal Skills on the productions. Yes, right yes. It's always like a tag team with the both of you, right? Batman oh, and Robin. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah. just leave it to you guys to decide who's Batman and who's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent track. And uh, the best part about uh, just like any of your tracks, there's always a message in your songs. And uh, this one had it. And uh, I find it very interesting for OK Boomer because uh, in the midst of everybody fighting between the new school and old school and, you know, the trend of music, someone just saying, if you're not old school, you're not cool enough, and the new school is not exactly what it's supposed to be. You know, <clears> those kind of things. And this particular track uh, pretty much builds the bridge, like what it says in the song itself. So just elaborate a little bit more on this particular track. Okay, Boomer, man. So I I kind of like had been noticing this trend happening over, over the past couple of years. And, you know, it, it kind of started with hip hop between the generations. Um, I wouldn't even really call it the old school because it's like 
you have the pioneers and then you have people from my generation in hip hop, which is like the, the golden era, like the, the early nineties. And, um, yeah. you know, when, when hip hop started to really become a global phenomenon and started going commercial and, you know, as, as with how hip hop's always been, it's all, it's always about, you know, uh, evolving and mutating and changing its styles never stayed one thing um but you know a lot of the old heads were like we have a pro like they had a problem with the new sound and um you know they they voiced it out and then of course the the current generation i wouldn't even say the millennials per se but probably like the later end of millennials going into gen z mm -hmm. are all really about about the new sound right yeah. and it is what it is you know but i think that the conflict then came because the the newer generations are sort of the social media generation so they had the opportunity to really benefit from utilizing social media to gain a presence and thus uh gain notoriety and a fan base and popularity and then when you when the older generation was kind of like i i kind of spot a bit of jealousy in a way because the older generation felt like well look we did this for you and now you're just taking advantage of it and not paying homage to the roots and you're making money off of it uh with something that we don't think really represents um you know what hip-hop is all about and then that's kind of where the conflict came because then the young kids were just like, well, you're old, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're just jealous because, you know, we have like millions of followers on, on Instagram or something and you don't. So it just became this sort of ego, uh, ego competition of like, well, I was there first, so I'm right. Well, I'm here now and I have more followers, so I'm, I'm right. And I was noticing that. And then it started to cross over in sort of the, um, political sphere of things right so with the younger generations of, of let's say politically active people um saying that hey you know boomers your time's up like it's time to to move on and and let us through and our way of seeing the world and and um taking political action like uh social justice and and a lot of the fights that have been happening that the millennials have taken upon themselves to to really uh, move forward and a lot of it is very progressive and, and a lot of it is is good and it's about equality and, and it's about um you know freedom to to be who you want to be to be what you what you want to be uh and then there were there was that conflict again and i i you know i i'm from gen x and most people forget that there's a generation x most people forget that there's this generation in between the boomers and the millennials and that's kind of what uh inspired me to do the song because i was thinking like you know i'm not just gonna write i think a lot of people when they saw the title of the track thought okay this is just like somebody writing from the perspective of, of a boomer and is gonna like shit on the millennials yeah. or something the title sounded like, like a diss track anyway <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of what the phrase is used for the phrase is like millennials would say to to the boomers it'd be like okay boomer you know it's like this uh this yeah. like yeah, yeah okay yeah right you know like uh, yeah okay all right you know okay boomer and and uh i just kind of wanted to approach things from both sides 
so that's what I did. And uh, first verse was from the perspective of of the millennials, and then the the second verse was perspective of the boomers, and then in between I had a bridge. The bridge is the same for both verses, and that was from my perspective as a Gen X, because like I'm in the middle, and I think that being in the middle, I can see things objectively both ways, and um, you know I just wanted to share that perspective with people. That was a great one because uh, you know as this particular uh, the things that you've just mentioned, I've thought about that earlier because it's always been a battle about uh, music uh, evolving into something else and people not accepting in terms of generations like old school and new school. Oh, I, okay, let's let's not use the terms old school and new school, the guys previously and the present ones. And um, of course, there's a lot of conflict that takes place over there. And till this very date, uh, you hardly find anyone coming in between. Okay, I'm not talking about generally in Malaysian music, but in most commercial tracks that you hear because the subject of that particular hip-hop track is not exactly as what you would accept, uh, expect it to be in the commercial market. Details as such, uh, even the topics, the content of uh, the wordplays that goes on in most of the hip-hop tracks you hear these days uh, isn't exactly, uh, how do I put it, uh, educating the, uh, the listener on the other end. Am I right in this part to, to say that? Well, yeah, I think mostly, though, that's in reference to the commercial music. Um, there, there is still hip hop being made in the spirit of the the, the, the spirit of the ancestors, the the boom bap, <laughs> the traditional hip hop that that is is what uh, really gave birth to everything. So there are still artists who are effectively creating music, um, quality hip hop with with the uh, lyrical substance and are talking about things but they're not who you see in the limelight they're not who you would like uh hear on the radio and i think that that is also kind of like hip-hop has moved back into the, the the similar situation it was before it broke mainstream whereas okay. you have you have this mainstream version of hip-hop that hip-hop heads don't consider really as hip-hop per se so then they're still making underground music. So so it's like the underground music rose up and that was like that boom bap era of the early 90s. And that was the era of like the Tupacs and the Biggies and the, mm -hmm. the Public Enemies and the Karis Ones and, and, and um, all those artists who kind of had a unique sound to them but still kind of held to the roots of it. And then it started going commercial. And I think the first, the first real, like I would say the first commercial success in hip hop um, that really spread, uh, spread the, the music and the culture worldwide was Puff Daddy and the way he yeah. did it and Puff Daddy and the family and, and his approach. And, you know, it is what it is, but a lot of our, like my generation coming from the underground side, um, we didn't really like puff daddy too much <laughs> we, we used to diss puff daddy and you know like and that was like during the days of of me personally like being a purist a hip-hop yeah. purist you know i've kind of evolved since then um to just appreciate uh, people's efforts and and talents regardless of whether i personally um like it per se so but then, you know, my tastes have varied as well, like in terms of the type of music I listen to. And it's not just hip hop. It's not just the old school stuff. And, and 
it's a it's a wider variety of sounds i think that that i enjoy um but yeah like the, the commercial stuff obviously you're gonna see that you're gonna see this sort of uh you know dumbed down lyrics that kind of reflect what the young people are up to but the 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 so-called legacy when you talk about being a purist and so on in, in this present world day and age uh commercially or rather in terms of income wise and uh selling the particular track uh does it really help or is it is, is it still tough to penetrate that market in terms of revenue wise or spreading the word out there to make it a little more popular is it is it difficult i think that it was well, with the music industry i think it's come to the point where um, if you want to have some sort of commercial success, you basically have to follow the the formula that is that that everybody's using now. You you have to sound the same as everybody else, um, and I think that that's what's expected. Like uh, for example, radio and the radio has always kind of been like that. Mm -hmm. Commercial commercial radio has always been all right. This is popular. So now we're only going to play uh, other music that sounds like this because then people are used to that sound. So it kind of leads artists into creating uh, for the sake of being on the radio, which means that they have to kind of follow the formula. And record labels are kind of the same way. They're like, all right, this works. This is making money. Let's milk this. And then everybody else who comes, comes along kind of has to uh, fit in to that um type of sound or style and you see it a lot you see artists changing up their sound and style like i see it um you know even with people i know and you know for me there's nothing wrong with that i mean if you if your direction is to go commercial then obviously no matter what is popular that's what you're going to make uh, but is it yeah, but is there a possibility, like say, for example, as an artist, as a purist, uh, you can have the best of both the worlds in the sense that even when you release, let's say, an album on EP, uh, you could just have some tracks for radio and some as FPO as it is. Is there any possibilities on that side? Um, I guess so. I mean, but but then again, like, what what's your identity? You know, okay. what are, and then are you just doing that for the sake of like having a radio track? Like, like it, it kind of reminds me of the back in the days, you know, uh, you know, Biggie would release a single and the, then the B side would be the underground track. And then you'd have like the, the commercial track, like as, as the single. So the singles, but the problem is people nowadays aren't really making albums. Um, they're just making singles. And as, you just focus on singles, you're just going to end up doing singles um, for that purpose of trying to get airplay and and uh, get that sort of mainstream notoriety. But the, the main thing with that is that you're in competition with, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people who can do the same thing now. And because there's no sort of uh, challenge as a lyricist, to create lyrics that are meaningful or, or, you know, linguistically um, acrobatic in that in that sense of like unique. You, all you need to do is just sound like somebody else is popular, and then you're good to go. So, so there's no real challenge lyrically, which means that almost anybody can be a rapper. Yeah, um, that's 
that's that's always been the uh, the my, I wouldn't want to use the word concern, but uh, as something that I've paid attention to. Like like I said, I'm not a rapper. I'm on the other side of the speakers. I just enjoy rap music or like hip hop music. It doesn't matter whether it's the purest form or maybe the commercial side. I just enjoy listening to it. And one of the things that I enjoy listening to is, of course, like you said, the lyrics. And uh, speaking of lyrics, uh, another one that I enjoyed listening to was your track called "Toss a Coin," and never. Have I would have thought that I would listen a business track, a financial uh, market track uh, in one particular it, song, man? That is interesting how you how you would uh, you know present your thoughts about the track as being like a business or a financial analysis track because I don't really see it like that. Uh, but no, I because see- it, when I was listening to it, is like. The, the terms used in that particular track is something that you commonly heard in the financial markets uh, or stock markets or whatever yeah. you want to use it. So I was like, yeah. okay, this is, sorry to use this term, a business rap track, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's an interesting take on it. I, I didn't really think think about it from that perspective because, you know, I've just been immersed in into this sort of uh, blockchain space. And to me, it's it's like, um you know growing up and and being surrounded by art and artists um as a kid i wasn't really taught about um finances and and economics and you know money and the any sort of concepts so it wasn't until later that that i started to teach myself and and learn myself and i guess in my journey into this uh, space that I'm in now, this this uh, blockchain and, and cryptocurrency space, um, I've learned, I've gained a lot of knowledge and understanding about uh, you know how economics works and 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 how currency works and markets and so on. So for me, that was just sort of like the the song was kind of like a reflection of all the things that I'm seeing in the space and all the different elements, and, and I wanted to kind of share that lyrically and i think that um you know the feedback that i got was um i think there was not a lot of uh relatability (laughs) to the lyrics for a lot of people like i I think that the lyrics like flew over the heads of a lot of people but that's why in on on my website uh you know where where i posted the song i have a breakdown of the lyrics and i actually have an explanation like with links attached to like the words and, and the different things so you can go and you can like fucking figure it out <laughs> yeah because because that, that was very interesting when i when i first heard the track before i visited the website it's like okay this is he exactly talking about the uh, blockchain or the uh, financial markets and so on but as you keep listening to it and you read through all the uh the through the lyrics and then you have an idea like what he said is the experience is the journey itself in that particular song but uh, for someone who has been in the financial market before i must say everybody in that scene or that industry must be damn proud right now man finally a song about them <laughs> or something related to them in uh, in in a way so but uh, the thing is like uh, talking about toss a coin and uh, right before that you had rap crypto and uh, the last i spoke with skills and even with you also uh, a while back you you went to involved in the uh, hip-hop blockchain and also cryptocurrency and so on and yeah. somehow it, it kind of related a uh, link with the artist itself in terms of generating revenue or looking at it at a different perspective altogether just could you just elaborate a little bit on that in a nutshell about the whole sure. process itself so 
I guess what really brought me into this space was this idea of um, removing the intermediaries and kind of having sovereignty and freedom over your financial life. Um, so this sort of meant like, you know, being able to transact with people no matter where you are in the world and, and being able to do that directly peer to peer without, uh, without any delay and without any middleman you know, taking taking a cut, which is essentially what banks do, and PayPal's and Western Unions, and you know, to me that was this was like, okay, you know, this is this is uh, something I'm down with, you know, and and then uh, I kind of was was looking more deeper as time went by, and I found platforms that uh, assisted with, you know being able to integrate yourself into this uh, new economy, so to say, and you could use it like a, like a Facebook, like a social media, and you could post it, but you could actually make money from your posts. And then I was thinking, well, this is a good resource to have for, for artists because right. rather than using Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter or these other platforms, who actually make money off of your data and what and you using it? You can use another platform that you could actually make money from posting. And I thought, you know, that that would be something people would be into. Um, but I guess people weren't really into it, to be honest. I think, like, it's, still, I think it's still earlier. People are a little skeptical about things going on. And the website that you mentioned there, or the other the platform that you mentioned was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is Eminet, right? No, that that the. the the first one was Steemit. Oh, Steemit! Sorry, Steemit. Steemit is the the blogging platform. Um, okay. But there were things that grew out of Steemit, and then there was another uh, music streaming platform built using blockchain, which was called MusicCoin, and that okay. was sort of the first one that both Skills and I Skills more than me, but you mm -hmm. know both of us kind of really uh, dove into that platform. And again, like all of this technology, like like you you have to take into consideration that you know using the regular the, the regular internet we call it web 2 right it's okay. a second layer of internet this is like browser based where you can actually have ex an experience and utilize the web in this interactive way um, we're used to a certain standard of how things are on web 2 but you know this is sort of like reimagining what the internet was in in the mid 90s with okay. with what's called web3 which is all of the blockchain um, platforms that are that are emerging because web3 is the third layer on it which actually allows people to transact it's the transactional layer so you're moving from just the data layer to the interactive layer to now the transactional layer that people and can have like a peer to peer. So sort of like, you know, when, when the Napster came in and you had yeah. and you had this idea of torrents. So torrents is basically just your information split up, spread around all around. And then it repackages when it comes. So it can pull data from any computer that's holding a file, the same file, and then, you know, bring it in and repackage it there on your computer while you pull it in. So, so it's not like I'm going to your computer, uh, some of them were like that, like for example, SoulSeek I used to use for downloading mm -hmm. music. Okay. Uh, so SoulSeek was like, you had your computer, 
you had to connect it to the network. You had a folder where you stored all your music files. And then I could go and to your profile, look through your folder, find songs and literally download them from you to me. Whereas like LimeWire and um, I'm not sure if Napster was like that time, but um, the LimeWire would say, pull data from different uh, hosts hosting the files and then recompile them on your on your computer so it's um it's like those days but happening now using blockchain technology which allows you to remove the the middleman and make it more peer-to-peer and actually have this sort of trustless system where you know especially dealing with uh financial matters dealing with money or digital currencies um you could do that without needing an intermediary and you could also do that without having to trust the other person because the transactions get basically etched in stone on the on the ledger and that that ledger you know Biz transactions into a block, and that's why they call it the blockchain. So it's a chain of blocks that start from the first transaction and continue each transaction all the way up. And the the way that the technology was created was that you couldn't go back and like fudge a transaction that happened in the past. Like you just can't go and change a block. It's moving forward all the way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. Indeed. Right. I mean, for me, for me, it did because uh, I was always curious about that. I haven't had a chance. Skills mentioned about this to me uh, briefly, very briefly, a while back. And uh, well, if that's the case, I think it, it would be beneficial for most of the artists. Is like if you're going to depend on uh, whatever you're going to get it from YouTube and uh, places like Spotify, because unless your figures are pretty high, that's whether you can see the money. But then again, for this particular concept of uh, uh, digital money, you can see it pretty uh, uh, frequent, I guess. I can say frequent and also to a sizable amount. Is that okay? Is, is that? Yeah, so uh, let, let me, uh, I'll just talk a bit about Emanate um, mm-hmm. from, from what I know. And mind you, the, the platform is still in alpha. It's okay. not even beta yet, right? So, so we're talking about like it's not officially launch, launch, but there's artists on the platform. So, um, essentially how it works is it's like a music streaming platform. Um, artists sign up, upload their songs, provide the details. And like within the details, you can actually work, work out your split. So for example, if me, you and skills do a track and we want to okay. split it evenly, we can put the split in when we sign the track up. And then when the track earns money, it automatically distributes to you, me, and skills at the rate at the percentage rate that we had agreed on um, when we upload the song. So then, how it works is that um, they've created a system that basically pays out every six seconds someone listens to the song. So if you listen to the song all the way through, then you get paid basically every six seconds through to the end of the song if someone just listens to i don't know like 30 seconds or a minute of the song then you get paid up up to that point and the payment is done in emanates native currency and it goes straight to your wallet right away so you 
pretty much get paid immediately every time someone streams your songs. Now, it is still an alpha, so the, the payouts aren't like happening yet. It's, okay. uh, it's just kind of testing the model and making sure that everything works. But the concept is that. So technically, you don't need a distributor or like the, the middleman to go, okay, so like, here's, I, I want to put my music up on Spotify or whatever, right? So okay. I will, I will go to a service like TuneCore or DistroKids or, or one of these other services that, that, um, you know, you sign up and then they put you up. So either you're paying, um, per track or you're paying like a, a batch, you know, like a, an amount for unlimited uploads but you're still paying and they what they do is that they have a deal directly with spotify and apple music and all the other all the other music streaming platforms so when they do that they will collect the money from those streaming platforms and it will go to them and then then they will distribute that to you so the process could could be you know, depending on how long your song has been out, but usually it takes about three months, roughly, for any money to come in. Um, and then maybe you'll be, you'll be getting money every month. And I know that there's some of them are working to, to change that. And maybe you get paid like every week or something. But it's still, you know, you're, you're still dealing with intermediaries. Therefore, you have people along the way who are taking their little bits and and then you get whatever's kind of left over so basically Where, if like if it's worth a, a dollar per track and by the time it reaches your hand you're just getting a couple of pocket change yeah and I, and you know skills skills um recently i don't know if the article came out yet but i was helping helping him with um with the article and his use case was um i think it was like 18 i don't know what it was like 18 or 18 or 180,000 streams on Spotify that earned that earned him like um 200 bucks or something, right? You got to be kidding me. And, and then and then he he had like 5,000 streams on Emanate that earned him like 250 bucks. So it's kind of like when when you look at that um the the payment model like Spotify and well, YouTube is probably the lowest, lowest paying platform per view. Um, but they're really like less than a cent, um, you know, maybe a quarter of a cent that you're getting per stream. So you really need like hundreds of thousands of streams to be able to make um, a decent amount of money. And you know, like that's why the whole idea of following this sort of commercial trends is that, you know, you might be able to hit that on your own through streaming. If you do that without the, the need of having, say, radio to back you, you just need to like do your marketing um, marketing work online. Um, and that all really, I think, comes down to um, branding yourself and your image, which has kind of always been in a mainstream uh, in terms of music uh, but now it's gone to the extreme and we see it right like you see yeah. like Takashi 69 who's you know rainbow hair and tattoos on face and 
And it's almost like you need to match that in order to get attention. It's yeah, not because it, the thing is is it's kind of crowded right now. Like you said, it it has to be the whole package whenever somebody comes up with the, the, the track. It's not only about good music or a good style of verses. It's also the package of how you look and how you market the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is pretty pretty weird and one uh, which is pretty sad for me. I mean, I'm looking at it, but the competition that's that's how it is right now. And uh, speaking of artists and uh, things that you do. Um, in terms of marketing wise, uh, one of the, the other things that I have to congratulate you is uh, for your record label, DAO uh, Records, or better known as, uh, uh, sorry, is it Decentralized Autonomous uh, Records? Is that is that what it stands for? So, yeah, um, um, DAO Records, we call DAO. it the DAO. The, DAO. Um, mm-hmm. the um, I guess the, the traditional or the, the, the most used definition of DAO is decentralized autonomous organization. And, um, you know, I really first discovered what they really meant. Um, back in November, actually, I was attending a workshop that, that my friend was doing. And, you know, uh, he seemed really excited about doing this and about sharing it. And I've always been about community building and looking at different different ways to organize and this was just kind of like it spoke to me in a lot of ways because really what it is 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 a a new form of governance it's governance not only in how um, members of an organization uh, work together to make decisions and to uh, to propose ideas but it's also governance in terms of how funds are distributed and using blockchain technology to enable the fair and transparent distribution of funds, which I think is a problem that a lot of organizations have when, um, you know, when dealing with uh, like corruption and cronyism and, mm-hmm. you know, gaming the system for like kickbacks. So for example, like, and this happens in the entertainment industry all the time. It happens in poly- like it literally happens in everything in all organizations. Um, so the beauty of this was that, that it, it eliminates that and it allows you to go, okay, I have an idea. I propose my idea. All the other members take a look. If they're all, if they're in agreement, they vote. If they're in disagreement, they vote in that way. They express uh, their their feelings towards it, yes or no. And if the majority votes it through, it passes. You get what you request automatically, and mm-hmm. then and, and then you execute. And then afterwards, you show what you've done. Um, so it's very straightforward, and it's very uh, it's technical because this is still very raw. You know we're, we're talking about like 90s internet right like it's still yeah. like you know the paint paint number one like pixel things <laughs> it, it's really at the at the very beginning yeah. uh, so you know user interface and usability and the ui ux it's just it's it's not at a level that i think a lot of people expect it to be at for them to kind of adopt but at the same time you know, if if you are if you can see the future, which sometimes I feel like I can see the future, um, nice. in terms of technology, then you know that this is the future. And if you are sort of involved at this point, in in many ways, it's like 
pioneering. And I, that's, that's why I like to, to use the analogy of like blockchain, at least from, from my standpoint, is a lot like hip hop when hip hop was still underground before it was mainstream before it was accepted before people could understand what it was you were a part of like a subculture and those who were a part of it were actually pioneering it they were inventing new styles they were figuring it they, they were invented the, the technology they were creating the foundation of the entire thing correct and and using the, the creativity as a means to to express it and this is sort of where we are at in this space. And, and I find that, that it's super exciting for me being a part of it now. And for those around me who realize, uh, the potential and, and the future implications of this technology and of being, uh, being involved with it at the beginning is that, yeah, like, like, you know, 10 to 15 years from now, this is going to be what everybody's like, like how people use Facebook today, you know? Yeah. It's going to uh, be slowly, but, but of course, of surely. Uh, uh, this was second. Just want to make a shout out to uh, skills. DJ little skills is uh, watching right now. Uh, hey, hello, man. Uh, Russell Curry is chef, uh, Barry yeah. and the entire gang were tuning in. It's nice to have you on board, man. Uh, yeah. thanks for watching. And uh, well, getting heading back to Dow Records, and you have a couple of artists down there, and also a couple of initiatives. Because as from the day I knew you, like you mentioned earlier, you're more towards the community. Doing it back for the community is just isn't about yourself, your music only, but of course the entire hip hop community as it is. And uh, one of the exciting things that I've noticed is the uh, pop up, which is like a virtual reality concert that goes on, right? Yeah, tell tell, tell yeah. me more about that, man, because I, I find it a little, uh, I wouldn't want to use the word, it's unique. Yeah, unique is the word for it, because when you log on board, you feel like you're part of the entire concert itself. But I just hope and pray that I have a VR goggles pretty soon, get a VR <laughs> goggles to actually have the experience even more. So pop up, what's the pop-up all about, man? Well... You know, like like what we were talking about before the show started, we we're facing this sort of global situation where um, what we're used to doing traditionally, like events and um, you know live sort of community gatherings and, and places where you know people can do their art, um, has had stopped. And you know, I was doing TYGS for quite a while and I was looking at different ways even before um you know the, the virus came I was um looking at ways that we could activate TYGS just like through Instagram right mm -hmm. and you know and and then it sort of reached a point where I discovered all of these um all of these things that were happening within the blockchain space which is like the the crypto art scene crypto voxels the the virtual world and then I just started getting ideas and having ideas. And, and then I was like, well, shit, why don't we just like take what we're doing in the real world and then do that in this virtual space and have like this show that brings together artists and musicians and also combines elements of the technology. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we haven't talked about, which is the non fungible tokens, the, the collectible digital assets, which we use the art for uh combining with with the audio and 
have that as a part of the show within this virtual environment that people can really have more of an immersive experience as opposed to let's say maybe right now that they're look they're on facebook and they're just watching us talk or like they're just static yeah but imagine having us there on the screen but you're in this other space that you can like look around and see what's happening around you and, it felt like and tron dude right yeah it's, it's in a way it's kind of like um crypto voxels itself is kind of like minecraft in, yeah. in a lot of ways just the, the way that it's um visually how it how it is right it's not what you would imagine a 3d environment would be like if you saw ready player one and you mm -hmm. like you think, you're thinking that it's like animated like like super crisp animations and you know it, people have, have said oh well it would be cool if it was like that better graphics and i was like yeah i mean sure um but you know like i really like it how it is i think that 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 really it's it's um sometimes less is more and when you have when you have um a virtual environment especially when you're new and i know this because it happened to me when i first went in and it happens okay. to almost everybody else their first time coming in you get overwhelmed by like oh whoa hey you know, it was like, exactly like you're playing minecraft way back then it's like you know you just you just want to get in you want to look left you want to look right you don't look every way possible it, it is funny it brings out the child in you the inner child in you when you, you experience the pop-up itself yeah so so it's it's pretty much just like a show it's kind of it's like i merged the crib show with our live events into this virtual space utilizing these uh, blockchain uh, elements um, and it's uh, I would like I wouldn't say that we are pioneers uh, in that sense in terms of there there have been other people who are doing uh, events within the virtual spaces and and I know like you know I don't know if you're familiar with Second Life Second Life is has been around for a long time um, my mom actually was was like in Second Life for like the years already like many years probably like 10 maybe almost 20 years since the, the beginning of second life so it's not like this is a new thing um but it is one of the first of its kind built using blockchain technology so for example right in crypto voxels um you can actually own that the parcel of land in the city Oh. You can you can have ownership over it. You can control what is built on it. You can build on it. You you can uh, you can do so much um, with that space. So this is sort of what we're moving to next because now I've got um, currently have four pieces of virtual land in CryptoVoxel specifically, and each I'm planning different things for, and then I have another. Uh, two pieces of land that were loaned to me to do pop-up season two actually so um we've got different stuff going on but one of the spaces is is going to be used for virtual events so for example i'm hoping that we could see you know uh something like like that like your show mm -hmm. in crypto voxels and nice. we can stream it 
within the space and let's say you have sponsors for your show and we can put up sponsors advertisements here and click through and images and and ads and banners and we can have that all interactive and you can customize the space however you want and we do like live streaming it's um it's it's pretty cool like the, the concept is cool i think understanding how it works most people i don't think you really need to understand how it works it works yeah it's because it. in order for you to know this uh, the best thing to do is just visit the website which is dowrecords.org and uh, it has it does mention about the pop-up and i believe there's some links there for you to go in and check yeah. it out for yourselves right yeah. because it's an amazing thing for the first time when i clicked on it and i walked in it i was just it was exactly like how when I was playing Minecraft back then. It was like you're trying to figure out what is going on. You just look left and right. And then later on, you realize it's not just what entertainment is also about the experience of being there itself. And now that you've mentioned that you can actually buy lands and so on, that, is sound, that sounds really fun. It's not the usual uh, entertainment platform, as you can see. It's like it goes on. But uh, let me take a moment here to read out a couple of messages. And uh, here's one from Russell Curtis. One of the best freestyle. Yes, I would not disagree with you on that. I will definitely agree. One of my favorite freestyles, actually. I've learned a lot from you, Jason, uh, since the day of uh, Crib Show. It's like uh, one of the few guys that I know who actually freestyles in uh, ways that uh, I could not imagine. Thanks to you, I actually got introduced to TYGS and the entire hip hop community per se. Because as a person, like I said earlier, who just listens to music, who doesn't really understand 100% what's the hip hop community all about, uh, projects like you have done, like the TYGS was one of the best things that ever happened in our local scene. And, uh, and that's where I understood that not everybody has to be at the commercial level. Everybody can actually, I mean, do your purest stuff over there and uh, show your skills out. You have the dancing, uh, dance competitions, you had the DJ competitions, you had the uh, uh, ciphers. What else did you have? Man, you had a lot of things down there, right? Beatboxers, beatboxers, yeah. yes, beatboxers. And any plans of doing it again? I mean, assuming, assuming this whole uh, whole COVID nonsense kicks off, I mean, says bye bye. And uh, any plans of doing it again, or maybe virtually on something new um, altogether? I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Um, I have been talking to a few people, uh, part of like the, the blockchain community, uh, about organizing some rap battles um, in crypto voxels. And we were, we were actually waiting for the technology because like, again, what I'm saying is like, everything is in development. Mm -hmm. uh, so they just launched um, a streaming uh, internal streaming boombox function so i can then set up a live stream and run it um audio live stream right okay. um, then they have integration for youtube and for twitch uh for live streaming or just for videos in general but twitch more for live streaming um and that's i think what we're going to be using uh for pop-up season two is integrating the twitch so for example if we want to set up a, a a battle within the space you have one screen with uh one twitch with one artist on one side and then you have another one over there and then you have people come in and you can have a host for the for the event doing the audio stream and that's kind of like queuing up the, the two participants and then they could go 
head to head in battle, but we haven't done this yet. It's something that's in the works that, that we want to try out. Um, but there's just so much, um, there's like so many cool things that we can do. And again, it's because we're at such an early stage in the development of this technology is, is that everything is sort of pioneering and whatever sort of ideas that you have, you can just be like, oh, I have this idea. Okay, well, let me try. And then, oh shit, we don't have this function. All right. Oh, now we have the function. Someone heard you, you, you communicated with the platform. Like these people who, who are running these platforms, they're just like you and me. They, they, okay. they had this idea, they created this thing. They didn't know it was going to be what it is. They interact with all of the community of people who are a part of it. They take um, input from them. They, you know, fine tune and add features and continue to develop it. Um, so that's also what I really like about it because it's very organic, specifically CryptoVoxels. There are, there are other platforms as well, which tend to be a bit more polished, but, um, you know, crypto voxels for me is very raw and I, I like that, that rawness, you know, <laughs> it's not for everybody, but you know, at the end of the but day, in terms of people accepting it, I mean, getting involved in it, how, how's the response so far? Um, I guess so far so good. I, I like, I think a lot of people are, are like, well, this is interesting. Or like, I never thought of, you know, experiencing something like this at the, like, it's a new experience for a lot of people. Yeah, um, for me, think, why I'm one of it. I think sometimes people have particular expectations. Like I was saying, they think that it needs to look like, um, you know, Ready Player One or something, right? Yeah. Uh, so obviously, it's not it's not like that. But in terms of functionality, in terms of being able to enter and look around the space and interact with like the art on the wall or with the YouTube stream. Um, you know, when you just click the embed and play it and you can listen and you can watch it. It's like, it's, um, I think it's pretty good, but again, like it's, it's very subjective. Each person will have their own expectation. And I think like with this type of thing, it's not about necessarily having expectations about being open to the experience and, and, um, also being a part of it. So when you're there, you're at, you can actually be a part of it. You can chat in the chat box. You know, you can communicate with other people in the room. You can move around. Um, you can dance even. They have like a dance. You press G and you go to dance and you hit the dance. And they're bringing in different dances. Like, it's like, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I'm, I'm just waiting to see this in the next uh, about five or ten years from now. I just want to see how, how far it goes. Because like I said, everything starts off somewhere. Like from the days when MySpace started, everybody laughed at it. And then it grew big. And then the next minute, yeah. realized Friendster came in. And then Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram, everything. You know, whatever people like, you know, they were so skeptical about. And next minute, you realize it's like, oh, shit, I need it badly. I need to be part of it. And I see, I pretty much see that uh, this particular thing that you're doing is going to be the next big thing, the next, uh, I don't know, a few years. This is a matter of time before somebody just pumps in millions of dollars in it and makes it big fast. Again, the, that's the thing. These people aren't really interested in anybody who's pumping in millions of dollars. It, it, that's, that's not what this is about, actually, to be honest. It's, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the projects, not the financial-oriented projects, but mm -hmm. the art the art and creative projects are not particularly about um, getting like million dollar investment, like as a startup. They're, they're not thinking from the perspective of, of being a startup. These are creative people 
who usually do open open source use open source software and code and share code and you know all this code is is available to anybody if they want to use it and they just want to build shit and and it's sort of like that is what a lot of art that's how a lot of artists are all they really want to do is just create you know um if the money comes it comes but they're not sort of searching out that money but who knows you know you never know like maybe later down the road once it evolves into something else and and someone you know says here's 10 10 billion dollars i want to buy your crypto voxels like i don't know maybe they'll sell it but at the same time maybe it becomes a DAO, and maybe all of the members of who own property in crypto voxels has a say maybe they get a cut of that billion or whatever cut that comes in like these are things that that i think that they're experimenting with and to be honest all of this stuff really is is uh is experimental this is all experimental yeah and, but that's how it begins man that's how it all starts everything starts yeah. off with an idea and before you know it it's like the next best thing or and uh, speaking of which uh, whatever you said actually tallies with whatever just kills just mentioned vandal is from the future Oh yes, I'll agree with that, man. Skills, I'll definitely agree with that part. <laughs> you know, looking at things one step ahead. But uh, over here, the sad thing is, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm not putting people down. As I said, people are so over here in Malaysia. They're so adaptive or getting too used with the monotonous things that's happening. Until someone really does it, you find it successful, and that's why people want to jump on board. Like for example, this live stream initial stage when we used to do it way back then, no one actually cared about it. Everybody's like, "Oh, you sure? No, that's not the way to do it." But now almost everybody is doing it, uh, which is nothing wrong. It's just nothing wrong with it. It's like the more the better, and. Uh, also, uh, speaking of, sorry, I'm sorry, sidetracking a little bit. I want to go back again to Dow Records, uh, mm -hmm. talking about music. You have a couple of artists down there who's also signed up with you guys, right? Just well, share here's the thing that. is that, um, let me just explain the the, um, the concept of the label. So mm -hmm. we're using the, the philosophy of, of Dow, meaning that um, as a label, the idea is not to sign people it's not uh that like i own it it's it's not that you're under under me you the, the people who like and this is sort of how we're evolving it um you know the people who are on the label are part of the label they they have they have a say there's there's a co-ownership uh, it is a decentralized autonomous organization so it's not limited to what I think it should be. It's not really even about what I want it to be. Of course, we have to start from somewhere, right? And starting from somewhere usually means we start from what we know. So having done a record label previously, this is sort of how we launched Dow Records as, as a, a hybrid of a traditional um, business model together with the decentralized uh, blockchain governance model. And now we are shifting over from traditional to decentralized. Uh, and, and we're in the process of this. So it's, um, it's an exciting time, but it's also a time where, where we're really trying to 
define it in a way that that we can actually explain it to people because um you know i i did a post on facebook the other day and i said well what do you think about a record label that um that is owned by the people who release music on it and so that what it meant well yeah it was it was referring to to what we're doing with dow records and and um you know what the idea is behind it and you know certain people who are from the traditional music industry um you know the i think you know, obviously the way that I posed the the post wasn't directly related to what we're doing, but I just wanted to get an idea. And, you know, of course, when people hear that in their, in their mind, they're thinking like in the traditional sense of how record labels are set up or, you know, in, for that matter, like how everything is set up, everything is this, right? Yeah, you have, you you have the hierarchical structure of of everything. You have the person on the top, and then they are the boss, and they decide, and then you have so on and so forth down the pyramid. And I think the 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 main challenge that we have with decentralization is, is that you need to throw that that out the window. There is no there is no boss. There is no obviously you have leaders. You have people who you know um, take charge of certain aspects of things, but everybody has an equal voice everybody has a relative equal voice and an equal share and it's based on your contribution and your participation so it's not structured in that way and i think that getting moving away from that that concept is very hard because we are basically programmed to think that way and i think that that's sort of what's driven us to the the problems that we're having with capitalism where you have these extremes, you you have this um, wealth and income gap that is massive. Like you have like 16, uh, 16 people have more wealth than than like billion people. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but but it's it's extreme. Okay. Like Bezos, Bezos is on par to become the first trillionaire, and you could never even count to a trillion in your lifetime. I don't know how much. I think I have butterflies in my wallet right now, thanks to MCO. <laughs> so, so, like this is this 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 mentality, this uh, this idea, and it's yeah. also it's also about removing the ego. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I own this. This is mine. This is this is mine. Like w within decent a decentralized organization, there is no mine. This is ours. We do things for the benefit of all of us not just for my benefit but if if benefiting me benefits everybody else hey so in a way you kind of want like you can kind of keep that independence that sort of selfish nature but at the same time the the thing itself doesn't it's owned by everybody who's a part yeah, of it. The, the good thing about that is it creates the responsible feeling in each artist who are, or whoever's involved in the label itself because if you have a say in whatever the company is all about or the label is all about then you have a responsibility to make sure it, it, go, it goes in the right direction or it operates in the right way right yeah and then that's totally like not under my control and that's where we sort of give up um we eliminate our egos from the situation and rather than thinking about me or mine it's like us and ours and um, i think we can achieve more that way um and because it's blockchain it's built on this system of it's trustless 
Um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a transparent in how the funds are distributed. People aren't going to worry about like someone who's, who's in charge of the money, who's handling the, like, well, how do we know where the yeah. money is? Like, I think we can like all that. You don't have to worry about it because it's there. You can just go look. You know, also, you the most important thing is that at least you can just focus mainly on the creative process of the entire thing itself. Because, uh, yeah. like I say, when you have it, when it's being controlled or monopolized by a certain group of people, then whatever your creative side of it doesn't really come out 100%. You might want to create something, but it's always limited to uh, whatever the requirements are, which is great, man, which is great. I Seriously, uh, I, like I said earlier, I've always, I'm always fascinated with the things that you do, like I say, from the day that you started off the Crib Show and how it was done in terms of how you brought in the, uh, the hip-hop uh, feel the hip hop vibe of the community itself and uh, the things that you gave back, which was, uh, well, I was still waiting for things like that to happen a little more. And uh, thanks to this particular conversation, I've learned that hey, it's happening, but uh, in a different manner altogether. Way to go, man. And uh, well, if this, sorry, you think? Yeah, no, I would, I would really love to get you involved, man. And I would, I would, I, I would like to see. You know your show in our virtual event space and and uh have allow people to experience it that way and if that's something that you're you're open to exploring i think that it would be pretty cool uh that we could do that you know yeah and, sure one of these days maybe yeah. you'll just uh, sit it out and uh, talk you talk it over and maybe you'll do it why not man you have to try it out because if you don't try it you'll never know man and never know. I'm always open to ideas as such because it is nice. I mean, it is nice to see how things are going in terms of the music industry or maybe shows and so on. But you still have the thing in you at the back of your head to just trying to wait for something, something a little more creative, something a bit more different. You just want to break the monotony. And uh, thanks to uh, Pop Up and a couple of other things that you guys have been doing, it's amazing, dude. It's, uh, I'm really looking forward to more of this. And uh, speaking of doing things, music, any more new singles coming up? I know, I know that uh, uh, the particular track, Okay Boomer, just came out, but I'm pretty sure you have a couple of other things because you did mention that you and Skills have been working on tracks for the past one year and uh, you guys like slowly releasing it out? Yeah, um, we, we've got a few more tracks lined up um, for release. We haven't really scheduled anything yet, um, mm -hmm. but we... We have we have a bunch of stuff. Uh, some that's already recorded, uh, others that's already written to, um, and beats have already been selected. Um, I've got a song that is dropping on the twentieth mm -hmm. um, with Unknown Misery from Canada. We did a collaboration for an art gallery launching inside Crypto Voxels. So this is a, an exclusive song specifically for that event and then that's that's coming out on the 20th um i don't know if it'll be out on spotify's and, and all that stuff but probably we're probably just going to keep it on the blockchain just just for the sake of it because <laughs> we, <laughs> we can um, yeah i mean you, you some something should be kept secret i mean you want to dive with some people into that particular uh, project yeah. of yours also right if you're going to yeah. give it everything out for for free and everybody but once it's easily accessible to everyone it you know, the value of it it's like you know, a bit curious yeah, but yeah. anyway here's another question i have for you i do not know whether you'll do it or not but i was just i just stumbled upon some of your old pages uh movement band camp and i saw some of your materials from uh, if I'm not mistaken was 2012 title 13 
dude, you had some good shit in that, man. It was some good stuff, right? Any plans of re-releasing those tracks? They, those are released. They're already out there. They, you can just no, no. I mean, I mean, re-releasing it to the public and showing them again. Because I was going through wow. most of the tracks, and I was like, man, how come I didn't hear it uh, I, I, that frequently? I, mean, I guess I, I guess I could. I'm, I mean, I'm the kind of person who just makes something and then let, and then I just move on, you know. So that's unfair I, to people like us, dude. <laughs> I tend not to like go back and and revisit things too often. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, actually, that that project, like those five volumes of thirteen, um, there's like a hundred a hundred over songs on there. Uh, some of them were collaborations that I did. Others were uh, beats that I made. Some were like old tracks, unreleased tracks. So in a way, that was the release of a lot of unreleased stuff. Then. Yeah. So it would be kind of like re re-releasing <laughs> yeah i know but it, would it be okay if i would share those pages for sure yeah man okay good yeah, now yeah. that i got your permission i wanted to do it last night but then again i was like okay let me get this permission first and yeah. because there's good stuff in there but it's some real good stuff and that five volumes of uh, 13 it's great dude. it's great cool, and i'm thanks. looking forward for more to happen with dow records and also the uh, entire blockchain project that you're doing right now the pop-up and so on and anything new coming up for this weekend or the week after that um this weekend this weekend um i've got an another sort of launching of, of one of the platforms that i've been working with um in, mm -hmm. on the blockchain side uh releasing basically the the uh collectible digital asset audio files um, it's like, uh, they call it the NF NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are basically um, artwork or audio that you could you can actually own it. Similar to what I was talking about, the land within mm -hmm. CryptoVoxels that you can buy and you can actually have ownership over it. Um, this is the, the idea of um, owning a piece of art or a file or whatever type of digital uh, asset and and having ownership of only one piece um, or two or three, depending on how many you mint. Um, but yeah, so on the 22nd, um, that's gonna be in Decentraland, which is another uh, virtual world space. Um, that's with Mintbase, uh, shout out to Mintbase. And um, I did like a, did that, did shot a little video for them just earlier today, which is I was I performed um, just like just live on my phone or whatever. Um, OK Boomer and uh, Tuscoin, uh, so they're going to stream the video of that within the virtual world for their nice. launch, as well as um, some of the digital assets that that I've released through their platform. Um, they'll have them available for sale as well uh, there. And then on the 20th, we're doing that, uh, another Crypto Voxels gallery launch for that uh, track. It's actually um, uh, this space which is built as a pyramid. Um, so the collection is all about uh, pyramids and ancient wisdom and, and uh, sacred geometry and, and all the, the sort of uh, Egyptian theme stuff. And um, I've got actually two tracks that I did with, uh, with an Indonesian um, producer slash uh musician 
um, who put together Larry and that, and they're like 12, 12 years old. They're like 12. <laughs> oh shit. Oh wait. 2005, 2015 years old, but they never, never seen the light of day. And <laughs> he contacted me the other day and he's like, yo, like I found these tracks and, and they're still, still really good. You want to do something with them. And then like, I've been trying to figure out how to plan to, to, to put them out. So that's, that's in the works as well. So I'm going to, you know, get those out. Uh, they deserve, uh, you know, they're beginning be to sound like Prince, dude. <laughs> you know, Prince is the same thing. Record, keep it, record, keep it, record, keep it. And uh, what, what is good is good, man. And finally, come to think of it. Now you're, you're, I think it was an Instagram handle. Van digital really makes sense. Everything's yes. going digital right now, man. Finally, it's like the very first time you hear the name and it's like, okay, how is it digital? But right now it all comes together, man. It all comes together. Dude, it's been an exciting one hour and 12 minutes. I can't believe time flies that fast, man. It's, it's, it's super, man. One hour. I didn't believe that. Uh, I mean, I know many, many of them would be wondering, we'd be talking just playing music and all your lifestyle, your background or whatever stuff you wanted to talk about the whole digital era that's uh, being involved in your particular life right now. And uh, trust me, I have seen, I've heard, and uh, I pretty much experienced some great stuff. So for the rest out there who would like to experience the same thing, you can either visit um, Dow Records, head on to the pop-up uh, column of it, and just be on the lookout for when's the next uh, show that's going to be taking place. You can also follow Van uh, Vandal on his Instagram handle, which is uh, Van Digital. Are you using Vandal. that? Yeah. And uh, you can also follow him on Facebook. Any other places that they can check you out, dude? Same Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Scent. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere is Van Digital. Yeah. Yeah. So just go ahead and just keep following him and be on the lookout for all the new stuff. And if you haven't really uh, experienced it yet for yourselves, you might want to do it. And then you have an idea of what we just spoke about for the past hour. It's, it's an oh, amazing experience, man. Just to jump in before, before we end it, um, we're still accepting submissions for season two of the pop-up. So if, if you're a visual artist or if you're a musician and you have, um, you know, material that that's, you know, that you've put out within the last six, six months to a year, I guess, take a bit older but i want to try and keep keep it to, to the new stuff um but yeah so we're, we're looking for more artists to feature on the show and um you can reach out to me personally um on facebook or you can just go to dowrecords.org and just hit sign up and and um you know we'll, we'll get in touch or you know put your name on the email list um we have uh, on the instagram and the and the twitter and a Facebook, like it's all promoted there. Pop up season two um, application submissions are are available. So if you if you want to get involved in it, you know that'd be great. Go for it, go for it. And once again, uh, nice track. If you haven't checked out, OK Boomer is available on Spotify right now and a whole lot of uh, uh, streaming platforms. Also, take a look at, take a listen to Toss a Coin, and you'll have an idea of what we just spoke about about wordplays and the financial market. Uh, the best way to do it, uh, in order for you to enjoy this particular track, is to visit Dow Records' website, DowRecords.org, and uh, click on the lyrics, listen to the lyrics, and you'll find the explanation. There's always links to each word and why was those words used in that particular song. You're going to try it out for yourselves. And also, uh, thumbs up to you and also Lethal Skills, DJ Lethal Skills. As usual, you guys produce some good stuff. Man. Some really, really, really good stuff. Looking forward to catch up with you guys hopefully soon.
hopefully soon oh, this hold on, hold on. There's, there's one other thing i need to shout out is i'm working on an, another project with skills and i know misery is it's a five track um ep about crypto voxels that we're just uh you know taking um we're, we've got a grant up that we're you know getting fundraising funds for it so okay. this is another project that's that's in the works it's called origin city so get um Stay tuned for that as well. So there are a lot of shit going on, man. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I was like, for the, some people who's been complaining that I have nothing much to do during this so-called MCO period, you guys been really, really busy, aren't you? Well, which yeah. is good. Busy is good, man. Busy is absolutely good. I wish you all the best, dude. I wish you uh, skills and the entire team uh, all the best. And uh, looking forward to all the great stuff that's coming up. I'll make a date with you guys on the next pop-up. In the meantime, well, don't forget to call me. Okay, catch up for some tea. A tetare has been what two years overdue? Fuck man, yeah. <laughs> it's long overdue, bro. This is I mean, way long overdue, man. Uh, the tetare session, dude. We need to do that. <laughs> All right, you take care, dude. You have a great right, day, man. Much love. Uh, Thanks everybody for tuning in. Peace out, chill.